Please turn in your New Testaments to John chapter 6, verses 47 through 51. John 6, 47 through 51, as we continue in our series, Who is Jesus and why is he relevant? Jesus said these words, I tell you the truth. He who believes has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your forefathers ate manna in the desert, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. I remember that uh, it was a big moment in Colorado Springs, Colorado, where we lived before moving here, when there was a ribbon cutting and we all got to go see this new and wonderful business called Whole Foods. Now, for those of you who don't know what a Whole Foods is, it's like the Fresh Market, except for it's the size of a Super Walmart. So everything you'd like about the Fresh Market is just even more. And uh, you know what the best thing about Whole Foods was? Can anybody guess? That's right, the samples, exactly, just like, whole, uh, just like the fresh market. And I mean, they had a policy in this particular store, anything you wanted to try. They cut you a piece, they'd open, let you taste it. You know, they had a feeling that if they could get you hooked on their upscale cuisine, you know, that you'd just keep coming back, that your taste would change and you'd become a lifelong customer. And, uh, and for me, it was great. You know, I enjoyed uh, all these, these new uh, culinary opportunities, and you know, for a, a redneck from Quincy, Florida, like myself, it was a, a way to become instantly sophisticated to learn about all this. You know, I, it, it wasn't until I discovered Whole Foods that I could say to my friends, I could say, you know, there's a particular family-owned dairy up in the north of France, and they make what I believe is the very finest brie cheese in the world. Have you tried it? And it, and it pairs well with Chardonnay, don't you think? <laughs> but I'd like to go on record here to say that uh, I always feel that I have to buy something if, if I'm going to sample some things. So, you know, you know, we buy some stuff, but I feel like I need to at least buy something. Um, but what a small price to pay for such an exquisite culinary education to buy a few things. There was a particular man that I saw all the time in Whole Foods, and he did not feel the way I did at all about buying something. Um, You know, you couldn't help but notice him. He he wore this really colorful uh, double-breasted suit jacket, and uh, he had a scarf that was kind of flung over. And they had this really swept kind of hair. I'm not sure if it was real hair or a toupee or something. Just, you know, really an interesting person. I, I was never quite sure whether he was kind of a, an upscale homeless person or a, an eccentric wealthy person or somebody from the cover of Sgt. Pepper's. I just wasn't sure. But I know this for certain. He was a sample-snarfing machine. And he would just, it was just fun watching it. He'd get another piece of that pizza. Then he'd go over and get some of this cheese. Then he'd go over there and get some of this. And, and you know, the, the most interesting thing about him is that he didn't have a shopping cart. <laughs> there was no pretending with him. He was not there to become a lifelong, dedicated, loyal customer of Whole Foods. He was there for dinner. Pure and simple. 
You know, something like that is exactly what's happening in the text that I just read to you. This passage takes place right after Jesus did one of the most amazing miracles that he ever did. There were 5,000 men plus women plus children. We don't know the exact number. I mean, it could be 12,000 people. It could be 15,000 people. We don't know. There were 5,000 men plus women and children. And there was one little boy's lunch and some little round, you know, these Middle Eastern little round loaves or flat pieces of bread and, and a few sardines, you know, just kind of a little fish burger, so to speak. And Jesus took that little fish burger and he prayed and he began to feed people and all 5,000 plus women plus children were fed and there were 12 huge basketfuls left over. Now, a great crowd has gathered again around Jesus. And here's the question. Are they there to learn the word of God? No. Are they there to learn more about this kingdom that Jesus says is emerging, coming into being right now through him? Are they there to understand more of the gift that Jesus is beginning to describe that he is to people? No. They're there for the free samples. They're there for what they can get out of Jesus. And I'm going to tell you something. When I look at my own heart, and I, and I trust if you look at yours, so are you. It's a real struggle. What is our true bread and why? Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, you're not looking for me because you saw the miraculous signs. You're looking for me because you ate the loaves and had your fill. You just want some supper. Jesus then tells them in In verse 27 of this same chapter, John chapter 6, he says, you know, your problem is, is you're focused on food that spoils, that doesn't have any lasting value. Verse 27, do not work for the food that spoils, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. On him the Father has placed his seal of approval. But um, they wanted bread. I mean, literal bread. And they reminded Jesus. There's this really interesting dialogue throughout this chapter. They reminded Jesus that this wasn't the first time that, Jesus, that God had given bread to people. They took him way back to when, you know, God through Moses brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. And now they're in the, the wilderness. And God, did God give them bread in the wilderness? Did he? Yeah, does anybody know what it's called? It's called manna. And so they reminded him that it was okay to ask for bread. Did not God through Moses give us bread in the wilderness? But even the manna didn't last more than a day. In fact, if you gathered more than a day's worth, it would... I mean, the, 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 the biblical imagery of how it would just turn so putrid and maggots and all this stuff is not very appetizing. You wouldn't want to eat any manna you kept more than a day because manna was just to sustain you for a day, you see, and a great gift from God. Jesus said in verse 35, these famous words, I am the bread. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me 
will never go hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. And then in our text that we read in the beginning of this message, verse 47, I want to read it again. I tell you the truth, Jesus said. He who believes has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your forefathers ate manna in the desert, yet they died. But here's the bread that comes down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. And if anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, my body, which I will give for the life of the world. You see, Jesus wants to give them something better than a fish burger. Jesus wants to give them himself. Jesus wants to give them a relationship with this all-sufficient God who has come in incarnation as the Son of God to rescue us as one of us to make that contact with human beings to address the sin problem between us and God so that this sufficiency can be ours through an ongoing relationship with God through Christ, not just some food for a day. Now, bread is an interesting word. If you say the word bread now, you kind of think of something that goes with dinner, right? That's not the case back then. Bread was the staple that kept people alive. You know, when somebody said, we don't have any bread in our house, they didn't mean that you just didn't have a loaf of Wonder Bread. What they meant is they were going hungry. Bread in Old and New Testament language is life. Bread is life. And you know, we think about our lives and we think about things that represent to us where our lives really are. Represent to us the real meaning of life to us, the the things, the bread that we actually believe will give us real life. Humans always search for bread, and they always eat bread. The question is, what kind of bread? And so I would ask this question to you, what is your bread of life. What is it that you're counting on? Truly, behind all the the facade, so to speak, to make your life. I mean, is your bread success? If you're just a success, you'd feel okay about yourself, and I'm okay. My life's great. Is your bread money? If I just have money, then everything else will take care of itself. Is your bread about your appearance? And the approval of other people based on your appearance? Is your bread to be popular? If I could just be popular, then I would be okay. Is your bread to be influential or powerful? If I could just have people who followed me, then I would really be living, you see. Is your bread to have a relationship with someone to make you look good? Or is your bread to have a relationship with someone so they can love you? See, what I really need is someone who can make my life. 
Well, for some, it is sex and various manifestations that people turn to for their bread. Or is your bread to have children who succeed and therefore you are so well thought of? That that's what our, the real thing is that has to be for my life to be okay? Or is it a combination of these? And there are many things that, of course, we could, we could bring up. Look, this is where we live, is it not? Jesus isn't suggesting that the food that he gave them when he fed the 5,000, there was anything wrong with it. Jesus isn't suggesting that the manna that came down from heaven, there was anything wrong with it. And nor am I suggesting that any of these things that are a part of normal life, if they are taken in proper perspective, anything, anything wrong with it. The problem is, is all that bread spoils. Have you ever noticed when you really go after something like that or a combination, you don't ever find it? You don't ever get to the place where you say, well, now I'm popular, now I'm fine. And two months later, you're not worried about it anymore? No, no, it's, it's, it, that kind of pursuit will never end because that bread doesn't feed our souls. That bread doesn't bring us into that place of sufficiency, this, this place where we can actually live out of it. Um, no, it's not that this kind of bread is bad. It's that it doesn't last. It's not the true bread that we need. You see, the true bread is, is like none of that. The true bread is alien to this world. You cannot look to the left of you, the right of you, the front or the back, and find anything that you can put your trust in to make your life that will pay off and lead to peace in your heart. There is no bread in this world that is the bread of life. It comes from heaven. Jesus kept saying this. It's, I am the bread that came down from heaven. If a man eats this bread, he will live. He will really live. What it is, is this, this, it's a relationship with God through Jesus. It is the forgiveness. It is the acceptance. It is the love and the grace and the truth and the joy and the wonder and the life of God being lived in our souls. Everything else is not bread. In fact, if you look at Isaiah 55, 2 and 3, you might want to turn there. It's a very famous passage. It's, one of, it's kind of the Old Testament equivalent to, to John 6. Where God says, why spend money, hear these words, why spend money on what is not bread? Do you get it? That's the Old Testament. That goes with Jesus' words. Why spend money on what is not really bread? It goes on. Why do you labor? Why do you work? Why do you grab? Why do you go after it so hard? The literal thing says, and why do you labor for what does not satisfy? For what is not sufficient? It goes on. Listen. Listen to me, God says. Eat what is good, and your soul will delight in the richest affair. Give ear to me. Hear me. You think God's trying to make a point? Listen. Listen, repeated. Give ear to me. Hear me. Come to me that your soul may live. You know, the bread that we so often look for and, 
and pursue in our lives, all of us, me included, is not really bread. I'll tell you what it's like. I have a little prop this morning. It's more like these. Let me come down so you can see this. Can y'all see what these are? Do y'all know what these are? Say it. Circus peanuts. I just wanted y'all to say circus peanuts in church. John, will you open those circus peanuts? You're not diabetic because I'm going to make you eat one, right? You're, you're okay? Okay. Circus peanuts, what are they? They're kind of like cotton candy condensed. They're basically, go ahead, and, go ahead and try one. Tell us how, whether that's good or not. Is that good? You like that? Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, they're sugar and air. Now, I just asked John to eat a circus peanut. Is there anything wrong with eating a circus peanut? No, give me my peanuts back. No, there's nothing wrong with eating a circus peanut. Here's the point. You don't live on these. Do you know what would happen to you if you ate nothing but circus peanuts for one month and nothing else? I'll tell you what would happen to you. You'd probably die. It'd be, it'd be kind of like that documentary that came out three years ago. I saw it. It grossed me out called Super Size Me. Have y'all ever seen that? Somebody went, ugh. Well, let me tell you about Super Size Me. It's exactly what Jesus is saying. And Super Size Me, basically this guy named Morgan Spurlock had this idea. He had a cameraman following around and he ate from the menu only at McDonald's every breakfast, every lunch, every dinner for an entire month. And he had to eat everything on the menu. And every time some sweet little lady or, or, or little young man said, would you like to supersize that? He had to say yes. So he just started eating nothing but McDonald's. Now, if you own a McDonald's, I'm sorry about what I'm about to say. Nothing but McDonald's. And, and the poignant moment in this movie is about three weeks in, he's, having to, he's going to get his vital signs tested to see what the effect of nothing but McDonald's is. Three weeks in, the doctor grabs him and says, you have to stop. And he goes, no, I'm making a documentary. I've got to go a month. He said, no, you have to stop because your liver could stop functioning in the next week. He had his cholesterol go through the roof. He experienced violent mood swings, fat accumulation around his liver, and yet he finished anyway. And I read an article where it took him 18 months to get over it. So why, if that's the reality of bread that's not bread, why do we keep eating bread that's not bread? The the greatest gift that God ever gave us was himself. And he gave us himself through his son. And he gave us himself through his son by his suffering on the cross in our place and his resurrection in the empty tomb to give us life and life with God, life the way it was supposed to be lived. And you know, this gift is an ongoing relationship with Christ. Have you ever noticed in Lamentations, his mercies are new every morning? You know why his mercies are new every morning? Because we sin every day. And we need to have a continuing relationship based on what he has done. And his mercies are new every morning. I want you to know, if you walk 
with Jesus. If he is your bread, there is the smell of fresh bread every day that will feed you and grow you and secure you. You know, we are all such broken people. We, we, each one of us, could we just be honest for a second about us? Each one of us in our life has gone after fake bread and we have hurt ourselves. And we live in a fallen world where people who live with us and around us have just passionately pursued false bread and they have hurt us so badly. And we are broken. Behind the pretty, handsome, whitewashed appearances, we are so beat down, broken, and needy. You, you look around where you're sitting right now. Every one of those people around you is broken. And Jesus wants to give you bread. Jesus wants you to repent. Even this morning as we move toward this table, Jesus wants you to ask him if you can let go of fake bread and feed on him again. And maybe that's something you can't accomplish all right now, but he wants you to turn to him and ask him and begin that process so that he can be the true bread in your life. You know, just before Jesus' crucifixion, he had his disciples rent an upper room he wanted to celebrate the Passover with them. And so they got this upper room and everything was prepared. And Jesus talked about how he had longed to, to eat this meal with his disciples. And right in the midst of this celebration of the redemption of God's gracious redemption out of Egypt, out of slavery, Jesus took the Passover meal and he changed it forever. He took that bread and he said something different. He said, this is my body. It is given for you. He took that cup of redemption. And he said, this cup is my blood. It is for you so that you can have a relationship with me. It reminds me of this passage in verse 51. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone, hear Jesus' words in the, in the communion. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. My, this bread is my body. My flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. I am the living bread. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. For my flesh, my body, is real food. And my blood is real drink. Jesus gave us communion. For those of you who have put your trust in what Christ has done in him alone to have that relationship, he has given us communion because he knew that we needed often to refocus on him as our bread. Jesus has given us communion so that even this morning we can say, oh yes, that's right. And we can believe and we can eat and be with him. There are two things I want to ask you to do during communion this morning. By the way, if you're a visitor, we don't hold the bread and the cup until and eat it all together because frankly I don't want you to worry about when it's time to eat it I want you to eat it when you want to 
And I want you to spend some time with God in this communion. The first thing is, I want you to be able to say to God, oh yeah, I do remember that this whole thing is about you, Jesus. It is about the cross. It is about knowing you and the all-sufficiency that comes from you. You are the true bread. And as I eat this bread, I want to affirm that you are the bread. Help me live like that. But secondly, I want you to say, God, I've been hungry for the wrong kind of bread. And I see it. And I repent of my hunger I want to turn away from my hunger for that which is not bread. Feed me, O bread of life, anew. Fill my life with you instead of these things. So we got two things here this morning. We got circus peanuts, and we got bread, real bread from heaven. Which is your life going to be about? Which do you want this morning? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the bread represented in this very bread. Come down from heaven. Father, we need to be so busted at how we just chase after all kind of fake bread. Would you do that? Would you give us the power and the courage to turn to you instead? Bless your people. And cause people who are wrestling with who you are, even as they watch communion, cause them to know that you are love and you are real life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.